everybody, and welcome into episode 28 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a show about two of the more exciting fan bases right now. Well, I think I think everyone's excited because football's back, baby. Woo! And those two fan bases I would be talking about, of course, are the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. I am one of your hosts, Oscar Barkas. And I'm the other host, Sam McFadden. All right, let's uh, let's get cracking. We got a ton of stuff to talk about, and we're not even talking about Week One of the NFL yet. We're going to save that for a pod next week. Um, you want to hit me with your quick question, Sam? Yeah, let's hop right into it. Um, Russell Wilson just got his contract extension. Um, if I remember correctly, it's a five-year extension worth like two hundred fifty million, two hundred forty-five, something like that. But the main thing is he it's 165 million guaranteed. I know that. Um, and my question to you is, is it at all shocking to you the disparity between the guaranteed money he's getting and the guaranteed money that there was that was given to Deshaun Watson uh, a couple months ago? And does this lower guaranteed money contract do anything at all to change the QB market that's coming up for guys like Lamar Jackson? Justin Herbert, a lot of these younger guys that are about to get paid. I think, yeah, to, I'll answer the second one first. Absolutely, it does change the guarantees. I'm sure the agents of those guys that you just mentioned, Joe Burrow included, yep. uh, Davis Mills, just kidding, are pissed <laughs> at Russell Wilson and his agent, who, I mean, he's made plenty of money in his career, and $250 million is still a ton of money, but the guarantee is significantly different than the Deshaun Watson guarantee. Um, and I saw a lot of like smart contract people talking on Twitter immediately after and their reaction seemed pretty much the same. The Deshaun contract was an outlier and <laughs> we've talked about it a lot, but it's crazy that they gave that much money, that much guaranteed. I mean, he's making a contract right in line with his value, but that much guaranteed to someone with his history. Yeah, so just to break it down for you guys, I said with Russell, it is a two, $245 million over five years, which is technically higher than the, the Deshaun Watson deal. It was five for two. On average, yeah. But the Deshaun Watson deal, the entirety of it was guaranteed, $230 million as opposed to Russell's 165 which is yeah. a lot more guarantee money and, and honestly when the stuff that matters guarantee like money. two more uh, like two more seasons worth of guaranteed money right right um i as far as the john watson question goes i tend to say um yes it is shocking that he got so much more but it's not shocking like like they're right. It is an outlier in the sense that if the Deshaun Watson deal hadn't happened, Russ signing this deal would not turn any heads at all. He would be like, okay, that makes sense. Um, oh, yeah. As far as changing Absolutely. the market for the guys about to sign, I still think that's going to be really screwy. And I think the guys signing now are going to be more on the, uh, on, more in the Russ spectrum than the Deshaun spectrum. But if I, I like Lamar Jackson has not signed yet, they've been trying to sign him. No. And, 
and he said that he won't sign once the season yeah, starts. That's so that's the big question. And what, from what I've heard reports say, the big question, the big disparity in where they think the contract should be is the guaranteed money. I think yeah, that the I've heard the same. I think that this guarantee, like Deshaun getting all this guaranteed money, is making these guys who don't have those question marks um, much more reliable. Um, they're asking their teams, well, why the hell is Deshaun Watson getting a hundred? million more guaranteed to him than I can get when I'm here every day. So um, it's going to be very screwy for a couple of years, I think. Yeah. uh, And we talked about this in Mexico, but I saw a lot of stuff that the owner of the Browns has on, what's his name? Jim, something like that. Jimmy has. Yeah. Burnt up every ounce of... not credibility, but every ounce of power that he had amongst the other owners, both in making the move for Deshaun, but more importantly in the eyes of the owners, guaranteeing him all that money. It does. I mean, it sets a very dangerous precedent for as far as these owners are concerned, because they don't want to guarantee. They would like to guarantee as little money as possible. It's the most, Um, most dangerous sport in the world. It's, it's tough to guarantee these players that much money from the owner's perspective. In my point of view, players should make as much money as they can because uh, short career span. But yeah, the average career in the NFL is like less than three years or something like that. Yeah. You should make money while you can. Uh, before we move into my question, I actually have two, but they'll both be pretty quick. More and more, we just watched the Patrick Mahomes deal from a couple years ago become an incredible value for the Chiefs. I mean, okay, this this goes into a bit of a rant that I'll keep short um, that I the opinion I've had for a lot of years now on signing quarterbacks specifically. Um, you see it every time. The, the Dallas Cowboys is a great uh, example here, like the greatest example so far. Um, in recent memory of they dragged their feet for several years paying him. They kept on questioning, is it worth it to pay Dak Prescott? Is it not? Do we really want to put all these resources into him? If you look now, Dak Prescott isn't even like a top eight earning quarterback per year right now. And yeah. And he could have been paid less. He wanted to. The point is when you, when you, if you have a quarterback that is good, like, if you have a quarterback that is good, yeah. just pay him the money. It is totally okay to make him the highest paid quarterback in the league because one year from now, five yeah. more quarterbacks are going to sign for more than that. Within a year, by the time he's ha- less than halfway through his contract, he's going to yeah. be a middle of the pack. And everyone's going to be saying, man, that's a great contract. Patrick Mahomes, he was the highest paid quarterback when he signed that deal. Look at him now. He's a great value. Like with As far as quarterbacks go, they're so important teams. And money, the money people are going to be making is just going up and up and up. Just pay people their money. Yeah. Especially quarterback. The most important position in sports is worth paying $50 million a year to. As long as, talk about it all the time, your quarterback is above the Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins line. Below, we watch quarterbacks like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz get mega deals and not come close to living up to them. If you're below that line, either offer them the deal you can or let them walk and replace them. Yeah. All right. My question's for you. Let me uh, 
change their color. First one. So Zach Wilson, we talked about, is out. Uh, he may play week one. I still haven't heard, but the, it's pretty likely that Joe Flacco starts week one for them. Revenge game against the Ravens, by the way. Uh, game. <clears throat> what if – so, again, talked about this last week. Reports in training camp uh, when we last did the podcast were that Joe Flacco has consistently been the better quarterback which is crazy coming out of training camp because usually the reporters that are there, the beat, team beat reporters are going to favor the team. Still hearing better news about Joe Flacco. What if Joe Flacco starts, I don't know, two, three games and they're, they haven't lost yet. What if he's the best quarterback on the Jets roster? Um, it doesn't matter even a little bit. Joe Flacco could play okay. his nuts off. It does not matter. Why, the The Jets are not going forward with Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback. In, in any, that's my answer too. Zach Wilson, once he is healthy, will be starting regardless of how bad he plays in practice because they have to figure out if he's their quarterback. He, the The deal is with Joe Flacco; yeah. they know that that is not a long term answer. With Zach Wilson, they're still a sliver of hope that he turns into something and we'll take that sliver. The Jets are not going to be good. I will go as far as to say if Joe Flacco makes two starts, I can almost, I will put money down that they do not start to a no. Oh, they'll be Owen two for sure. They play the Ravens. It is a revenge game and Joe Flacco is elite, but they're going (laughs) to lose that game. Yeah. Yeah, that's my answer, too. I mean, they just spent the number two overall pick on him last year, so they, they have to play him. Way too soon. Uh, I just wanted to ask to get to, to hear your explanation for the listeners. Number two, Jordan Love looks pretty good consistently throughout the preseason. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP, just signed for three or four more years. So he's, I mean, will be their quarterback until he wants to retire. Is Jordan Love a Packer next year? Because this is his fourth year. They'll they'll have to pick up his fifth-year option next year. Yeah. I highly doubt it. Okay. I highly doubt it because I think someone will try it, will see the value in trading for him. Um, the yeah. only reason that he might be is because Aaron Rodgers has wanted to leave the Packers before, as little as like three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> if they are not Super Bowl contenders this year or the next, he could very well be like, I don't want to be here anymore. Trade me. Players have the ability now to request yeah. trades. That is a real thing. It happened, It's happening across most of sports right now. If Aaron Rodgers uses to play they'll you, trade uh, you pitched this scenario when we weren't sure if he was going to end up back with the Packers over the summer if Trey Lance isn't the guy in San Francisco Aaron Rodgers is from that area he wanted to play for the 49ers as a rookie um, they could make a big move for him and then Jordan Love could be the future of the Packers but I, it, like if I was the Packers 
I would not move Jordan Love until I have to. Okay. Which would be, which would be going into that fifth year option. Like I would sign so, the option and then trade. Yeah, you pick up the fifth year. And I wouldn't trade him. Like I, and before then, I'm not trading him for anything less than like a second round pick, I guess. Some, something almost recoups the entirety of the value that I used to get him. Um, because he did look really yeah. good. And we really had a chance yet. And if you have it, yeah. if they really think he's the guy, he might be the guy. They did it with they did it with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he was the sure dude. Did. Had to had to force Brett Favre to retire to be able to get Aaron Rodgers an opportunity. So yep. we'll see how that plays out. All right, moving on. Uh, some NBA stuff, some college football stuff because college football is back right now. The first week one. Kicked off last night. Yep. And basketball is back. I think we're like four weeks away from NBA basketball, or maybe five, which is insane. We are entering the best sports time of the year. <laughs> sure are. People can I... finally stop talking about baseball. It's incredible. <laughs> and soccer. And soccer, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so sad news to start us off with the NBA. Chet Holmgren. Uh, injured himself, tore up some stuff in his foot at a pro-am game in Seattle. Um, and he is out for the whole season. So the Thunder are right back into the tanking team atmosphere, probably. Yep. I mean, I think they were, I, I think they were go. I mean, they weren't going to tank, I don't think, but I don't think they were going to be great this year anyway. This solidifies like we should tank. Yeah. Do you think they trade Shea Gilgis Alexander? That's a good point. And one we've talked about, I think, on the show before. Um, Most likely. I, I'm, they're, I, they're not going to trade him unless he wants out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And he has, up to this point, never once shown any frustration or anything. Yeah, we haven't out, heard anything. Out to, the, out to yeah. the outside world. Who knows what he's like in in behind closed doors, but out to the world that he's frustrated with the way the Thunder are working. That being said, he is only getting older. He's not old yet. He's very much in his prime right now. Not I, even in his prime. I think he's 24, so, like, he's still... So he could definitely see... Maybe he could see, like, okay, these guys are paying me the max, and I can see a path to winning. But the second he gets frustrated, you know, they might have to deal him, which would suck. I personally would not, because I think that Josh Giddy, SGA, I mean, even throw Lou Dort in there, a couple of the guys they just drafted, and then the guy that they get next year, because they're going to be bad again this year. That's a phenomenal core. That's um, a really good but, That's only going to be better. Right, because they're all young. But he you could, you're point, right. He uses to play. Yeah. Which I let me be clear, I don't think is gonna happen. Yeah. We'll so, see. Um I, you know I, I think he's in a good spot right now, leading a team and all that stuff. I think he's having fun. I think he stays. Yeah, I do feel bad for Chet. Um there's just a history in the NBA. Wyatt sent me the the exact stature that you have to be to where it gets bad. Guys over seven foot two. There are not a whole lot that uh, 
have have uh, stood the test of their body in the NBA. No, because the human body is not supposed to be seven three. It's not. It's yeah. and we've talked about it before too because we're Spurs fans. We're we're in the whole you know tank for Wimbenyama. You know, sweet. Yeah. he looks great, but he's tall as shit. Yeah, it's scary, man. And how many, how many true Hall of Fame superstars are that big? There aren't a ton of them. Now, I when I when Wyatt sent me the list, I was like, oh, I mean, David Robinson was just about that big, and he was mostly healthy throughout his career. He was seven one. It's seven two and bigger. Seven, that it's it's like only Mark Eaton, um, that even was able to withstand the t- withstand injury uh, for a long enough career, and he didn't even make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Wyatt just said it. Now, Chet and Wembenyama both are built differently than almost any seven three guy we've seen in the league. Yeah. To be fair. Um, yeah, they're much skinnier, smaller, lighter, more mobile, all that stuff. So maybe it's, I mean, it totally could be different, but are they going to be able to stay that skinny and small forever? Or are they just going to get absolutely pummeled by a Zion Williamson or someone like that? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I was wanting to see what, how the Thunder used Chet this year to uh, get a like perspective on the Spurs potentially using Wemby, but. Oh well. Um, the way the way I imagine they're going to use him is he's not going to be guarding their biggest player. He'll be playing more perimeter. They're going to want him to focus on shot blocking and put him on whoever they're you know either the power forward or center whoever is the less player. strong player on the other team yeah. and just kind of the yeah. Help I mean, around. Robert Robert Williams is not nearly that tall, and he's a lot thicker. But it'll be how the Celtics used Robert Williams last year playing out of the uh, out of under the basket more on the perimeter and using him as like a weak side defender. Sure. Yeah. Uh, some more positive stuff we'll run through. Kevin Durant is moving forward with the nets, which is good. I think that's the best scenario for everyone involved. Certainly best case scenario for the nets. Uh, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> Talked about it with my dad last night. Like on paper, they're a really good team between KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. I'm not going to call KD a question mark yet because when he's been on the court, he's still a top three player in the league, maybe KD top one. Question mark on the team. Yeah, he's not. A uh, well, he's a question mark in the fact that he wanted to leave this off season. Yeah, but now that he's now that he's with the team, he's. He's not a question mark at all. Uh, Kyrie and Ben Simmons, on the other hand, tough. Uh, we got to keep keep moving. Two trades equal in magnitude, in my opinion. Patrick Beverly was acquired by the Jazz uh, in the Rudy Gobert trade, and the Lakers traded Stanley Johnson and Talon Horton Tucker for him. To me, that signals that Russell Westbrook will no longer be a Laker, but we got five weeks to see a deal happen, so who knows? I think that Russell Westbrook will be a Laker. I do. I don't think he's going 
So do you do you think that the Lakers bring him off the bench? Um, There's no way that they play Russ, Pat Bev, LeBron, and AD on the court at the same time. They might. Why are you well, so sure? About <clears throat> Why is anyone so sure about that? I, that's my question. People are talking. People are talking uh, so confident about this stuff. Like, there's no way that anyone that they're playing together, but they're on the same team. They're going to be on the court together at some point. Well, they'll be on the court together for sure. Uh, I, here's my prediction, and I'm willing to bet you bet you ten dollars. I'll bet you ten dollars right now. Okay. And game one, or or the first game that they're all healthy, just in case an injury happens. First game, they're all healthy. Uh, Russ and Beverly both start. I'm not going to make the bet because the Lakers could do almost anything. Uh, right. I asked that number one because Tapdev is like all right from three. I think he was actually like a pretty good corner three point shooter. Um, Russell Westbrook 35. is one of the worst any sort of shooters in the league right now, like from almost any distance. Yeah. And then LeBron and AD, they, they'd really need the fifth guy to shoot threes, like, at a high clip. Also, Patrick Beverly is, like, one of the biggest Russell Westbrook antagonists in the league. Like, they hate each other. So, Yeah, it's a good thing they're on the same yeah. team, then. Yep. I, listen, I, I think that Russ is a Laker this, for at least the start of the season. I think he's playing, and I think he's going to start. And they just traded Taylor Horton okay. Tucker, who they made a big deal about being the only one they kept throughout all this change. Taylor Horton Tucker was their guy. They finally got rid of him for Patrick Beverly. I think they're going to use Pat Bev in a major way. Oh, they have to, for sure. Um, Russ is the bigger uh, question for me, but I guess you differ there. So the other trade that I was uh, referring to – also involving Utah, Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cavs yesterday and, like, blew up Twitter. It was nuts. Give me your first reaction to the trade. Yep. First reaction. Um, what, for, okay, first of all, the first thing I'm going to bring attention to is our group chat as a friend group. People were talking and stuff like that. And someone said, uh, I don't remember who said it, but someone was like, oh, man, at least Donovan Mitchell goes to, gets to go to Cleveland instead of Utah. I said that. As far as a place to live, Utah over over Cleveland, Ohio, every day of the week. Utah, I said it then. I'll say it again. It's basically Colorado. Yeah, I was just trying to do the Vernon Maxwell thing. I'm not sure if you've seen him, but he's like a former Rocket that like is the like hates the Jazz fan base. It's awesome. Oh, really? Yeah, sweet. I'll have to look into that. Um, no, but Utah, freaking sweet. I'll just say that. Anyway, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. As far as the basketball uh, implications of this whole thing, Cleveland, really good team, really fantastic team. I, I don't think they're a contender. No, but this gets them closer for sure. They're better. They're very much better. I don't think they're a contender and they need their guys, their young guys to continue to get better, which could totally happen. It totally happened. The average age of that four, that young four, is like 22.6 or something like that. So I personally, I love the move for Cleveland. Like, I think it's good. they weren't going to get anyone nearly as good as Donovan Mitchell in free agency. So might as well 
turn in your chips or with any of the yeah. yeah i i fully agree and i like that they're going in on a younger star in the league early on in in their team's like process of coming back um it's definitely it's they were already one of the more fun teams in the league to follow and this definitely doesn't this definitely only uh strengthens that um as far as utah goes um they have a ton of picks now so Dan- a shit ton they have more than oklahoma Danny better you know it's baffling to me that they got so many for rudy gobert um <laughs> The fact that they got this haul from Rigo Baron Donovan Mitchell blows my mind, but I mean Donovan Mitchell, that that trade made sense to me. The uh Gobert one. Very, very good. I'm yeah. a bit of a Donovan Mitchell hater, to be quite honest with you. Like I like I don't I don't know that he's good enough to be the star on a championship level team. I I yeah. don't think he is. Um, no, I, I don't think he is either. Has to be better than him, and I'm not sure I see that happening. I, yeah, that's the only thing. See, I I'm so in on Evan Mobley that like I think anything could happen to the Cavs. I hear you. I hear you, Evan Mobley. What is his ceiling? A player like him, defensive. Kevin Gar- Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan is his ceiling. You take those words out of your mouth. I'm not even joking. Nobly will never be in the same realm as either of those players. All right. Well, um, to your other point, Donovan Donovan Mitchell is not a star. Completely agree. The best defense to that that I've heard, and Zach Lowe said it on the low post, Donovan Mitchell is like the eighth or ninth best player of his model in the league like Luca and LeBron all of these like ball handling multi-sized players that can score at will he's like eighth or ninth at best probably but you put him with Darius Garland who's one of the best ball handling guards in the league young best young ball handling guards in the league you put him you put the two of them with two defensive stalwarts and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, and all of them are younger than 25, 26. I'm in. I love it. Um, yep. I'm fully in, too. All I'm saying is I don't like Donovan Mitchell that much, and part of that is performances. Yes, he's had he's exploded a couple times for a couple of games. No one is forgetting his legendary Denver. Jamal Murray. That game was nuts, and he yeah. showed up. But there have been – for every time that he has done really well in a playoff game, he has disappeared in important moments for that team. Oh yeah, I mean his his performance against Dallas this most this last year disgusting. He is he is part of the reason why people were out on Utah as a team. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I, I, don't right. get me wrong. Very in on the Cavs. They are set up better than almost anyone in the league right now. Just there's a lot that needs to go right for them to become actual championship contenders. Yeah, I mean, that's the case for all but, like, two or three teams right now. So the Cavs inch themselves closer. Right. Um, one last note on this trade. Well, actually, two. I texted Wyatt immediately after it happened. The Cavs are my Eastern Conference team now. They were already – I already loved watching them. They were, like, my league pass team last year. Adding 
a guy like Donovan Mitchell makes them – I'm a Spurs fan, obviously. Then I like the Mavs a lot, and then the uh, the Cavs are probably third now. So I'm excited. And then the other note, speaking of Denver and Donovan Mitchell trades, it's the second time Donovan Mitchell has been traded. The first time <laughs> was on draft night. The Nuggets traded him for Trey Lyles and a guy named Tyler – Light, light, lighten, lighten, linden, something like that. So tough for the Nuggets. Very. All right, college football. Aggies play tomorrow. Haynes King is starting. The last time we had this podcast, we didn't know that for sure. Um, give me like three thoughts on how excited you are. Boy, I am. Um... I, I'm very, very excited. Um, Haynes King starting is really cool. Um, the fact that he beat out the other two guys means that Jimbo has a lot of faith in him, and that means so do I. Um, I cannot wait yep. for us to just get two solid, solid wins in before we have to play anyone ranked. Um, and then, luckily, we get to play our the first ranked team we play is Miami. So if if you know, if the current trajectory holds, they're going to be garbage this season too. And it'll look like a good win for us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped, man. Aggie football's back. NFL's almost back. Like you said, Plus, I'm pretty best sure time of the year. I'm, oh, what's his name? The safety we have on our team. That's a lottery. Antonio Johnson. Yes. Antonio Johnson. Look Future out Houston the- Texan. Yeah. All right. I would love it. I would love it. Or a Jaguar. That'd be cool too. Either way. Um, I, uh, I put it out on Twitter. Someone like posted a top 10 rankings for uh, next year's draft. And Antonio Johnson, I think was like 10th or 9th. And one of my Texans guys quoted it and was like, hopefully the Texans have two top 10 picks. If the Cleveland season goes as poorly as we hope it does first pick will either be a quarterback or one of the, you know, uh, Jalen Carter out of Georgia, couple guys at the top. Who do you want the second pick to be? And I replied, the Antonio Johnson, Jalen Petrie, safety duo of the future is all I want. So look out. I agree with you. If he's the best player available, great. My only question to you is if Jalen Petrie is as good as he, as we think he is, which I, think he is um safety just might not be that big a priority you're right i i I, I want it to happen don't get me wrong that's the only having a safety duo that has the potential to rival the safety duo in buffalo is something that houston has never even come close to having so i would love for the opportunity but Let's move on. Speaking of NFL, uh, got some injuries that we'll run through really quick. I've got a note on uh, former Texans president, Jamie Roots, that I wanted to say. And then Deshaun Watson was suspended. So what do you want to hit first? Let's do the let's get the Deshaun Watson stuff out of the way. We can do it real quick. Yeah. 11 games. First game back is the Texans. At first... My first reaction to this, this happened a couple weeks ago, but we decided not to have an episode on vacation. So 
that's why you're just hearing about it now. Uh, my first reaction was, why on earth would the NFL do this? This is either purely for ratings and money or an accident or something. Turns out Deshaun has to play six games this year for his contract year to accrue. So next year he can make the $45 million he's owed or whatever. So it's purely for money for the contract. <clears throat> and it sucks. And we can move on now. Covered that. On to the next. I hope the Texans tear both of his ACLs. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Dana White went on one of the UFC channels during a fight night and said that he uh, had a deal for Brady and Gronk. I don't know why Dana White was the power broker in this situation, but had a deal put together for Brady and Gronk to join the Las Vegas Raiders. And John Gruden turned it down. He wanted to stick with Derek Carr. And so Derek Carr was the quarterback that Tom Brady was referring to as you're sticking with that motherfucker. Uh, Which is hilarious to put a name to a face. And it makes sense why Brady is so... Makes sense. (laughs) He's asked and all that. Um, I just, I wonder how Derek Carr feels. I mean, if you're Derek Carr, just like don't even react to that. I mean, and he hasn't at all. Like He's not going to. I, as Derek Carr right now, I'm living my life. I'm in Vegas. I got my best friend, Devontae Adams, in town now. Um, the Raiders are probably going to go 500 or, you know, contend for the wild card. So I'm I'm happy. Plus, Brady was so mad about it. I, after he had won the Super Bowl in Tampa. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's just a funny story. I'm glad that we know what it was. And it's just another, another aspect of John Gruden's tenure there that just makes him look like he should not have gotten that 10-year, $100 million contract. Speaking of John Gruden, did you see – that he came out and like gave a weak ass apology and then said, I'd like to get another shot. Like who on earth is bringing him in? I don't know. I don't know. Oh boy. He's how like tone deaf. You have to be to not understand. (laughs) Just like go away for the rest of your life. You've got plenty of money. I get that. Like football was your life for a long time, but there's no coming back from what, he did. You can go be a high school coach or maybe even a college coach somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, some injury stuff. The Bucks' offensive line has just been torn to pieces. Their center uh, tore his ACL earlier in the season, earlier in the off season, like the first play of training camp. And now their guard, who was supposed to be their left guard this season, Aaron Stinney, tore his ACL and MCL. And also... <laughs> Bucks fans that I know were just penciling in JC Treader to come in and be their center, and he just retired. So they're they're in a bad spot. Very, very. It, it worries me quite a bit. Um, I still think the Bucks are one of the best teams in this 
in, in the conference. So, but what I will say is, um, I'm kind of out on the Bucks as Super Bowl winners now. I mean, all you have to look at is look back to the one they won against the Chiefs. The reason they won that game was the Chiefs' offensive line was really bad. And their defensive line was really good. It's the same reason why after that game, the Chiefs went out and spent a ton of money on a bunch of new offensive linemen. Um, It's the same reason why the Bengals didn't really stand that much of a chance in that championship game is because – their offensive line was really bad. Um, so maybe they can figure out a way to tape this thing together. And if there's a quarterback that can make it work, it's Tom Brady. But whew, it's making me, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Um, it's tough. I took them second overall in our team draft just like a month ago, and I feel significantly worse about that pick agreed agreed but brady has played behind bad offensive lines before and his answer is just to get the ball out super quick he's got the receiving core to do that just again they are no longer in the championship hunt in my opinion but they'll be i mean they'll make the playoffs they'll 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 be good but not super bowl contenders more offensive line news this time good David Bakhtiari was removed from the PUP list. We may see him week one, which is not something that I thought was possible even three weeks ago. More likely, so the PUP means that a player can't play for the first four weeks of the season, I believe. And so this just makes it so... Yeah, I think it's four. Maybe he doesn't play week one, but they think that he's going to play before week five. So they kept him off. It's great news. Um, I you know, yeah. don't think he plays week one, but he will be back soon. Um, just want to bring attention because we didn't write it down. Um, another player that avoided the pup to start the season is the Cowboys' Michael Gallup. He had pup to start the yeah. season. He will be back. And Chris Godwin. In the first four weeks. Oh, and Chris Godwin. That's a good one, too. All these guys will be back within the first, you know, four games of the season, which is huge. Chris Godwin might start week one. Um, Michael Gallup will not. Um, I don't think Bakhtiari will either. But these are three really important pieces for three good teams in the league. Um, So really good news for all all of those franchises. Yeah, and – we haven't seen Bach in like two plus years now. So who knows what he's like anymore, but the last time we saw him, he was the best left tackle in the league. So if he's, if he's 50% of what he was, he's still going to be a quality starting left tackle. Yeah. Which is huge for the Packers Super Bowl aspirations. Bad news for the Cowboys on the offensive line. Tyron Smith had an avulsion fracture in his knee, which means like the, MCL was pulled off the bone or something like that. Really bad. Really bad. Sure. Honestly, I don't. Uh, Makai Becton just had the same injury earlier this offseason. Uh, he's out until at least December, which means he probably doesn't play for the Cowboys this year. Like maybe if things are looking really good for the playoffs, he'll come back. Um, it, I think it all depends on how, what our rookie does. Yeah. If Tyler Smith is good, which all reports back midseason, if he is struggling but we're still winning games, 
Tyron Smith will be, they will try to bring him back for the, before the playoffs. Yeah. Um, sucks for the boys. Really sucks. I mean, this is the same story we've been dealing with for the last like three or four years. Tyron Smith. Already- yeah. The last time, last time Tyron Smith was fully healthy, he made every season that Tyron Smith has played fully healthy. He's made the all pro team yeah. to the same note. The last time he was an all pro was 2016. Tough. He was a pro bowler in 2017 and 18, I believe, but he was not fully healthy. Yeah. Uh, Other really, really sad news. Former Houston Texans president, Jamie Roots, uh, really, really nice guy, led the team for like 20 years. And then I think amidst all the Bill O'Brien stuff, stepped down in like 2020. Um, I actually got to meet him once and he was super nice uh he unfortunately committed suicide last week um mental health is important guys you never know who's struggling with it i mean sam has talked a ton about mental health stuff it made me really sad i mean you just never know it's just take care of yourselves guys Try to see people. people. Try to talk to people if you can. Love people. You never know. Look out for those around you because Oscar's right. It's 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 not an easy thing to discern about with most with most people when they're going with their when they're struggling like this. Um, so the best thing you can do is just be there for the people you can. Yeah, yeah, and you know thoughts to the. Jamie, the Roots family, I believe the Texans just started a big foundation as, in his name, which, you know, does not help, but hopefully makes a positive impact in the Houston community because that's what Jamie Roots did for a long time. All right. Uh, last little bit of NFL news before we get into fully Texans and Jags stuff. The Texans and Jags were two of four teams with zero NFL top 100 players, the Jets and Lions being the other two. Um, I'm one who usually stays away from the NFL top 100 because it never makes sense, uh, but it is a pretty good reflection of the talent on our teams. So, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that those four teams don't have anyone on it. Yeah, yeah. right there, the top 100 – it's a bunch of baloney. I'll call out the Cowboys. I'm a Cowboys fan. Trayvon Diggs should not have been anywhere near where he was. <laughs> like a, not like even close. Players in the league? He's not. So. He's for sure one of the top 100. Like, he should have been in the top yeah, 50 yeah. or so. He's just not a top 20 guy. So, yeah. Um, everyone take that with a grain of salt. All right. I have a ton of notes about both of our teams preseason games i think that we can pick and choose what we want to talk about uh because we're 40 minutes into this and we've still got fantasy stuff to talk about also hit me with the text or with the jag stuff first um yeah so we put the steelers um the biggest takeaway is trevor lawrence he looks he is starting to look the part he's him he's starting to look like he might be him um, he's had a couple God, of man. that were like, how do you even place that ball? Like it just, one of them 
in that Steelers one game, one of them was all over like Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff, where he put it right right through some guy's hands to his receiver. Um, it's gotten me very hot and bothered for this season, and it's worrying me a lot. But Trevor's starting to look really good, and the Jaguars. If Trevor is really good, the Jaguars could shock people. Might even win like six games. I know, crazy stuff, but. I would say way more than six. If he's anywhere close to as good as the preseason showed that he can be, you could make the playoffs this year. We're not making the playoffs this year. The Colts did it with Andrew Luck with a shitty-ass roster for like three years in a row. Yeah. We'll see. I don't want to get you too too amped up. Uh, Trust me, you're not. (laughs) I promise you, you're not. Um couple other points. I like that I like that you added in uh, Mina Kimes' quote about our defense. She was right though. Um, she said that the defense looks fast as hell and I and that's kind of the whole point of the people we drafted. I mean, we we went heavy on linebacker and those linebackers look really good right now. Devin Lloyd looks good. Chad Muma looks good. Uh Fudakasi, who we just who just um, Aluakun, who paid a, paid a ton of money too. He Oh, that's who I'm thinking of for you. Um, uh, our defensive line looks really good. Trayvon Walker has looked really good. So our pretty damn good, man. We, things are looking up for us. That's for sure. Um, I it's become a thing where now I'm lower on them than other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be. You have to be a little I, pessimistic. I've become the like voice of reason saying hold on we're not going to be good this year because people are starting to get a lot higher on jags let me tell you we're going to win like five or six games this season and that's fine i would i would take the over on that but you're not you're not that far off yeah if we win more great i just want the offense to look good i want to have watching jags games again that's all i want and i think you will this year all right you want to talk about your texans a couple more thoughts that I wrote down. So the Jags went completely defeated in the preseason. Uh, I don't think that matters. Well, preseason football doesn't matter anyway, but it especially doesn't matter in that case because you didn't start anyone in the third game against the Falcons. And when the starters were in in the first two games, you were winning both games. Just, I would just like to like you to remember what you just said. Preseason uh, results of games don't matter when we're talking about the Texans. Continue. <laughs> uh, who is wide receiver one or wide receiver two? Because Kirk, Christian Kirk's the one. Do you think it's Zay Jones or Marvin Jones? I think it should be Zay. I think it'll probably be Marvin. Okay, fair enough. I'm, you know, it'll probably be a mix of both, really. And then yeah. speaking of Devin Lloyd, look, Lori Fitzpatrick, I believe is her name, put together a thread of all his plays in that game against the Falcons on Twitter. My God, man. <laughs> like, the, the, the comp in the draft was Micah Parsons. Obviously, every comp is going to be weighted, you know, it's going to be their best – their, their best potential outcome. 
He had some Micah Parsons in him for sure. Uh, and then the last question here, you played four kickers this preseason, settled on Riley Patterson, who I think was on the Lions last year. Will he be your kicker for 17 games? Um, probably not. <laughs> I'll, be honest. I'll be honest. I don't really care. Like our team's not yeah. good, so I couldn't care less about a kicker. That's yeah. Once we're good, He's then n- we can care about kickers. He's no Kaimi Fairbairn. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's fair. I, I agree with you. I don't think. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's about it. There's some other stuff in there that I put doesn't really need to be said. Okay. Jags went completely defeated. Texans were undefeated this preseason. Oh, and uh, do you happen to, off the top of your head, know you know how much they outscored their opponents by? I do. 58-33. Wrote it in the dock. Defense allowed the least points in the entire NFL. Oh, boy. And like I said, taken with a grain of salt, the Rams didn't play. The Texans are making the playoffs this year. <laughs> now that I, I can agree with. Uh, the Rams don't play their first or second stringers, and that's who we played week two and beat 24 to 20. So uh, <laughs> tough. Davis Mills played through the first half in both the second and third games and did not do very well. Uh, he was playing without a bunch of our offensive line and Brandon Cooks didn't play. So there's some reprieve. However, I've, I've gotten in some trouble with Texans fans on Twitter by saying this. If he's the guy, he should be able to overcome those things, especially playing into the second half of preseason football. Um, that being said, I've got a Davis Mills jersey, so. <laughs> <laughs> you do own one of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, Davis Mills. He might not be the guy. And that's okay. And, that's okay. and that is okay. Well, we've got It's fine. We've got two first-rounders next year, and he makes the Texans more fun to watch than Tyrod Taylor or whoever our quarterback was going to be. Absolutely. Um, other draft picks. Kenyon Green didn't play until this week, and it t- he was dealing with a hamstring out of NM, and so I was starting to get, really get worried because, like, you need your fifteenth overall pick to play in preseason. Turns out he had a concussion that he suffered in practice, like right before the first preseason game. No one knew that until he was coming back for week three of preseason, which is just so Texans of us. Um, that sucks. But when he did play in week three, he didn't come in until uh, we benched some of the starters, I think just because he's not fully acclimated. He looked like a beast. He looked – he was moving people all over the field – he should start week one. He may not, but he should. Um, Nico Collins had the catch of the preseason against the Rams. It was all over Instagram and stuff. I'm very, very excited for him. I'm a, I made a trade for him. 
Damian Pierce, pants are off, Sam. <laughs> he had his first preseason touchdown, and then oh boy, the, the Texans cut Marlon Mack, uh-huh. uh, which was a huge surprise. Huge surprise. And the reason that we did it, I found out, is because we decided to keep a fullback, and we only keep four backs. And, of course, Rex Burkhead is going to make the team the fullback, Damian Pierce, and then the fourth guy has to play special teams, and Marlon Mack can't play special teams. So now Damian Pierce is the only early down running back on the Texans. Yep. Listen, you Pants got are re- off. This is a full fantasy community for sure, but full football community thing now at this point. Everyone is going nuts for Damian Pierce. And I just would like to be the voice of reason. You did this last week too, I want you to know. Just would like to say, hey, everybody, it's okay. The offense is probably not going to be very good. Yeah, the offense is bad. I'll I'll jump in and be also be the voice probably, of reason. They probably will not be putting up a ton a ton of points comparatively to most other franchises. And Rex Burkhead is the third down back, the pass catching back, and we're going to be blown out in a lot of games, so we're going to need Burkhead on the field. Damian Pierce could be good, could definitely be good, and also like really disappoint now because the expectations are so high. <laughs> Yeah, after Marlon Mack was cut, uh, he started going above, like, Brees Hall and A.J. Dillon in football drafts, fantasy football drafts. That's insane, guys. Come on. Slow down. Um, I hope he's great. I hope he's great. He looks like he's going to be really, really damn good. I will say Oscar mentioned him in the same breath as Arian Foster the other day. I said that he could be our best running back since Arian Foster. You did. You did. And that's that's not hard to do. Carlos Hyde is our best running back since Arian Foster. So, Agreed. I just take it easy, everybody. Uh, speaking of taking it easy. NFL football, and then we can start getting excited. <laughs> speaking of taking it easy, uh, Damian Pierce is the second most bet on behind Kenny Pickett to win offensive rookie of the year now. Uh, And his odds have dropped from 22 to one. I I hold a 22 to one ticket. I've I've bragged about it before. They are now like 10 to 12 to one, which is insane guys. You're not going to, you're not going to win. But I'm excited uh, it's been a long time since the Texans have had a really good running back, so I hope it happens. I really and this is just all my Texans fans before the draft were so in on drafting Brees Hall in like the second round, and I was like, we don't have to do that, and this is why. Um, one last thought before I shut my mouth on Damian Pierce he never received more than 15 touches in a game in college, which Dan Mullen's an idiot for that. He probably breaks that week one. He probably has more touches in a game in week one than he did at any point in college. 
which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. One, he doesn't doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires, which is nice. But two, you know. Yeah, we'll see how it looks. Uh, last Texans thought, or actually I have a couple. Sorry, I, I'm talking your ear off today. Go for it. Uh, the defensive line looks super good. We had six sacks in week two, again, against the Rams, third stringers. And then starting with Trey Lance, the all three San Francisco quarterbacks did not have any time whatsoever. Um, and coming from a team that we lost J.J. Watt two years ago and then had nothing, it feels pretty good, putting some pressure on the QB. Mm-hmm. Definitely good luck. Same thing as y'all. I mean, y'all have a lot more invested into your defensive line, uh, so they should be a lot better. Much more. But having having pressure on the quarterback is makes the game a lot more fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then <clears throat> we cut Marlon Mack, but picked up Tyler Johnson from Tampa Bay and O.J. Howard from Tampa Bay and then Buffalo. Uh, adding more receivers for Davis Mills, receiver, tight end, whatever. I'm all about it. The Tyler Johnson one is great. The hour one I couldn't care less about. <laughs> I. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't make it in Buffalo. So. There's a reason he's not there. So, you know, might as well pick him up, I guess. But yeah, we we needed tight end help behind Brevin Jordan and Pharaoh Brown, and that's probably. O.J. Howard is probably our third tight end, so that tells you how good he's been. Tyler Johnson, though, we used our third overall, our third waiver claim on. who were behind the Jags and Lions yep. to put in claims, and a lot of teams were going to claim Tyler Johnson because although he was cut in Tampa, their wide receiver room is just stacked. Someone had to go. Um we really need a slot receiver, and he's going to take some time. He could totally be the guy, though. He's going to take some time because he hasn't played with us all off season. but I'm excited, man. I just need football to be happening. I do, too, because – so I, I said this to Wyatt and Josh the other night. I know that the Texans are going to win, like, five games maybe. So I'm not, it's not about the wins. It's me getting too excited for our young talent. Like I need the season to start. So I don't keep thinking something's something bad's going to happen before it does. That's fair. That's fair. I'll I'll Uh, say usually the worst things happen to our two franchises when things are going the best. Yeah. Sure do. That's what. That's exactly what I said. I said the Texan. I haven't factored in Texans luck. Like Nico Collins or Damian Pierce is going to get in a car crash tomorrow or something like that. Like, no, I'm thinking like you guys get through this whole season looking fantastic, get some great draft picks next season, dark horse to make the playoffs. Like, wow, we are really interested in the Texans. Then something bad happens. That's what I'm saying. Same with the Jags. <sighs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. All right. All right. We can we can move on. Shall we uh shall we Should finish? we hit fantasy corner? Yeah. Let's do it. I had I had my guys cuz some people are still drafting, but we've sort of done that. We've we've done the values that we like. 
we can talk and more the, about it. Oh, the people that are listening to this are probably all in our league and we already drafted. So um, let's talk about the league. Let's talk about it. We drafted while we were in Mexico. The draft was just as exciting as I was hoping it would be. It was just me and Oscar. Um, but we were on we were on uh, Zoom or Skype or whatever with the rest of our league. Um, should we highlight some good picks and some bad picks? Maybe that could be. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> They were before both. we before we get into that, I want everyone to know that Sam, even before something else happened that we'll talk about, was far and away the best team in the league. Uh, he had a lot of picks, really good keepers. His team's really good. Um, <laughs> the worst pick. In the draft, maybe not the is worst tie. Like the the least, you know, just the one you again tie between. And I told Josh this to his face. <laughs> he went back to back, second, third round. He, he was right on the turn. David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, hate that, hate it. I told him to his face. I don't mind him taking one of the two. He needed another running back the options at that point were slim. Like, take your shot on one of the two guys. It's the fact that he did both. That, um, really bad. And then he, he's he, tied, sorry. He might be fine G- he has CMC, but if CMC goes down, he's in trouble. <laughs> and Josh is tied with Jackson, Wills, <laughs> picking Zeke in the second round and then following it up with Tony Pollard in the sixth and saying, I needed the insurance. I want to say he exclaimed yes or something like that <laughs> about this pick. Um, and it's again, it, both it's, good picks on their it, own. It harps on a good fantasy tactic in general. Um, that is when you take a running back, when you take a handcuff, right? When you take a handcuff in the later rounds, you want to take handcuffs of running backs that you do not have. You do right. not take your own handcuffs. Because at best, all you're doing is keeping that one running back, running back slot. We play this game, we play fantasy football to win championships. Yeah, not you want the highest upside. To be okay. Not you to be safe. Mitigate, you don't want to be playing to mitigate losses. You want to be playing for home runs. Um that's why instead, if you have Zeke, you want to take Alexander Madison or someone like that. Yeah. Because now if Dalvin Cooks goes down, or Dalvin Cook goes down, you've got another starting running back. You're not you're not pigeonholed into one team's starting running back. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pollard was the second handcuff, quote, drafted. Kareem Hunt went earlier. And Kareem Hunt was a good pick because Connor did not have Nick Chubb. Right. Also, and, Dylan and, done sooner too. Had he? Done oh, him. right, right. But he was kept. Right. Um, but Caleb kept him and did not draft Aaron Jones. Right. Um, I will say, the exception could be this could be an exception because Aaron Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and maybe Tony Pollard, Zeke. 
they have standalone value all of them. Oh, I, I wouldn't even say maybe. He definitely does. And, you know, if he can be played on a weekly basis, even with Zeke healthy, then it's a fine pick. Right, and that's the, the my biggest issue with it is now Jackson's forced to do that. He has to play both Dallas running backs on a weekly basis, and that's fine, but you have two guys on your roster just – taking points from each other. Agreed. Agreed. Anyway, who's your, do you, would you agree that those are your least favorite? I mean, I definitely hated the Dave Montgomery and Josh Jacobs picks. I definitely did not like the Tony Pollard to back up Zeke pick. Um, other picks that really stand out to me, um, Wyatt taking D-Hop in the seventh round after he fell a couple rounds. That's a good pick. You know, D-Hop will be back, uh, and he'll be good when he comes back. It's a good pick. As long as, as, long as his team is fine in those, you know, six weeks or whatever, that's a good pick. Um, I will Wait, also, you mean in a – you're saying that in a good way. Yeah, I think it's a fine pick. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bad sure. pick, Oscar Barkas taking Trevor Lawrence in the 16th round. Really bad. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, no, I pick, Sam McFadden taking Calvin Ridley in the 15th round. Great yes, pick. sir. We're in, a keep, we're in a keeper league. Um, yeah, that's that. I think that's the the main gist of everything. My my favorite was, and I think he could be the quarterback one this year. Was you actually taking Lamar Jackson in the fifth round? I uh, he was one of my guys. I wasn't going to take him because I. Couldn't afford to take a quarterback that early, but you could. And you got him as the really fourth overall quarterback. So yeah. that's and pretty nice. I mean, he fell he fell several rounds because our team has been, our, our league has been drafting for so long. We kind of get the idea through our heads now. Quarterbacks draft him later. That has kind yeah. of been gotten through the Gone through everyone's heads. Um, so Lamar Jackson was there, and it was a choice between him and Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts was kind of my guy, but I could not take him over Lamar because I think the ceiling for Lamar is is higher. Uh, even though I I expect that they probably have pretty similar fantasy outputs this season. Um, yeah. You know, both of them scare me a little bit because let let's just put it this way. Lamar Jackson, if he's gonna if he's gonna be a top three guy, he needs to throw no, like twenty five or more touchdowns, which is going to be tough. Which is gonna be tough for. I don't know. Guys. Maybe. I mean, in those season, the season, the number one overall, he threw thirty six touchdowns. Yeah, he's not gonna do that, but he could definitely hit thirty. I think he does hit thirty because. He's got a pretty good chance to win MVP this year, depending on how the Ravens hey, season plays I, I, out. I hope he does. I hope he does. And you got the stack with Mark Andrews, so that's okay. nice. That's kind of what put it over the edge for me. Um, let's also discuss something big happened fantasy-wise. Almost right after – the day after the trade, right? Or the day, day after, after the draft? The day after the draft, I believe. Maybe two days. But while we were on vacation, Oscar put Cooper Cup on the trade block. So we started dealing. Um, we ended up making a deal together, maybe the first trade we've ever made together. Usually we kind of most avoid, definitely. Uh, we we usually avoid 
each other. We don't send each other many trade offers at all. Um, but we made an exception here. Um, the trade happened thusly. It was Oscar Barkas sent Cooper Cup, Javante Williams, a 10th round pick and an 8th round pick to me. And I sent him a 2nd rounder, a 5th rounder, Jalen Waddell, Elijah Mitchell, and Calvin Ridley, who won't play this season, obviously, but is a 15th round keeper. Um, yeah, that's why Sam said he got the steal of the draft, which is true. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and analyze my side. It makes sense for me because, like Oscar said, I, I'm pretty all in on the season. I do have the best team as far as, far as right now goes. Um, we have no football played, but as of right now, I am the favorite to win it. Um, without this trade, and you were you were before the trade also. Right, right, yeah, before the trade. Now I've added a top three receiver in the league and a running back who will probably be a top fifteen guy. Uh, both of which I can keep uh, into next year. So it's two years of both. Yeah, of you just said I'm kind of all in on this year. Sort of. You also I mean, got I've, my I've keepers. Kept my, I've kept myself open enough to where I am certainly not screwed next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, from my side, the picks are nice. I won two championships in a row, and I think that I'll still be competitive this year. My t- my team is definitely a lot worse, but um, I've never been in the chance to be the super team like Sam was this year where you just like load up on draft picks. And that sort of seems like what I'm going to do this year. So I'm excited. Which I can say is can be a lot of fun. Me and Oscar both really love trading fantasy football. And um, I think Oscar will be an active participant in trades this year uh, as he tries to, you know, keep things competitive this year, but set up for next year. Um, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. And I also drafted Damian Pierce in the seventh round. So I've got, I've got all I want out of this fantasy football season already. Uh, all I, all, all I'll end on is for my own sake, uh, for my mental health, I hope that I do win this year. And yeah. if, if everyone stays health, healthy and I don't win this year, uh, people might want to check up on me. <laughs> yeah, I spoke about that fact, not, not uh, you know, towards you, but Philip was talking about how his dad made either the semifinal or the final in his fantasy football championship eight or nine years in a row and never won. And I said, that was me. We started the league. I won the first year. And then I was either in the semifinal or the final for like six years in a row and choked every year yep. and then won the last two. So I'm, I'm in a much better state <laughs> than I was for a long time. Uh, but I am. So usually I don't root for Sam cause I'm also rooting. I'm, I'm also gunning for the championship and Sam is a pretty high up their adversary this year. I'm all in on Sam to win. So I appreciate that. It'll be interesting. Cause I was talking to Connor about this. My options are now that now that I have a really good team, my options are um, either d- lean into the whole villain thing, be the asshole at the top of the mountain and like be at odds with everyone else in the league or don't lean in and still have people be at odds with me because my team might be really, really good. So I might right. be 
to the Might whole as bit. well be the villain. Might as Might well. Like and I'll still root for you. It could be fun. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, I think that's everything we got for you guys. I have one last thing to talk about just really quickly. Um, okay. In front of me, I have the rookie stats for Evan Mobley and Tim Duncan, and I'd like to read them out to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, first of all, I just want to say Evan Mobley got hurt, did not play the full season. He played 69 games. Tim Duncan? Every single game. Just putting that out there. Um, Tim Duncan, 21.1 points per game to Evan Mobley's 15. One of those is better than the other. Uh, Tim Duncan averaged 12 rebounds a game to Evan Mobley's 8.3. Um, he Tim Duncan was 0.2 higher in the assists. Uh, he was almost a full block higher per game. As far as field goal percentage goes, he was almost full. He was four point four percentage points higher. Um, free throws were virtually the same. Evan Mobley had 0.1% more. Um, the other thing I will point out is plus minus for the year. Evan Mobley was plus 94 on the year. Would you like to take a guess at Tim Duncan's plus minus for his rookie year? Like 200. 429. Yeah, so here's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter you right back. Okay, good, good, Major difference. The, the most glaring. Good Evan Mobley, 20 years old last year. Yeah. Tim Duncan, 24 years old as a rookie. Agreed. That is four years of growth mm-hmm. that Evan Mobley is allowed to do before you – I mean, you can compare stats. The other argument that I want to make – is Tim Duncan's the best rookie ever? Mm-hmm. But maybe LeBron is probably the only other even close comparison. Just because Evan Mobley wasn't as good doesn't mean his ceiling isn't Tim Duncan. His ceiling is not Tim Duncan. I'm standing by that. All right. I get it, and I'm a huge Spurs fan ever. Tim Duncan's my favorite player ever. He is not a top – he is – he is not going to be a top 10 player all the time. I will bet my life on that. You would have bet the same for Giannis just five years ago. That's fair. That's fair. And Evan Mobley was way better as a rookie than Giannis was. Also fair. Also yeah. fair. I, I get it. I say where you were you where you were not on the side of Tim Duncan is far and away better than this kid. Yep. Remember this day. All right. That'll do it. We, uh, we still ran over an hour and 10 minutes. So classic <laughs> us. We're trying our best. Uh, we will try and get down closer to an hour before the season starts. Uh, speaking of, we've got another episode next week where we will project week one of the NFL season. Cause that is next week. It's coming up soon, guys. In the meantime, enjoy college football. Get ready for basketball, and uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tim Duncan and Evan Mobley. Thank you, the one guest listener who's still listening. Uh, you're great. Don't even know who that is. And thank you, as always, to the listeners for coming in and hating yourselves. We will see you next week. <laughs>